You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. So this episode's brought to you by our friends at Great Lakes Gear Ya. Um, you've heard us talk about them before. They're our favorite fitness companies. They ship to Canada. They ship to the U.S. If you happen to live like us um, in Waterloo Region in just outside of Toronto, you can go pick it up and not pay any shipping. But um, these guys have kettlebells, barbells, squat racks, pull-up bars, gymnastics rings, maces, bumper plates, dumbbells, all of the stuff you need to get in fabulous shape uh, with your killer home gym. Because yes, gyms might be open again, but as you've heard us talk over and over again about different workouts, um, being able to work out on your time, uh, get in a 15-minute workout without having to leave the house, that can be life-changing. So even if you just pick yourself up a couple of kettlebells so you can do some swings and snatches and presses, some goblet squats and Turkish get-ups, all of our favorite exercises, uh, if you go to greatlikesgearia.com or us.greatlikesgearia.com if you're our American friends, um, and at checkout, you use promo code LIVEWILD, you'll save 5%. And it helps because they give us a little a little bit. You don't pay any more. In fact, you save. And it helps. So uh, head over to greatlakesgearia.com and pick up any fitness equipment you need. Welcome back to Live Wild Radio. I'm Catherine and I'm here with Winston. Today's episode is all about uh, how to live longer and better. And it's something that we are pretty jazzed about um in, in truth we've been pretty uh, uh uh focused and obsessed with it and kind of didn't realize until recently that yeah we should definitely talk about this because that's all we research and do and um you know longevity you could look at it as like does it really matter to me until I'm like of the age that it should maybe after 50 <laughs> poke poke to Winston um but um you know I think especially in these days with COVID maybe it's impacted you more so um you know as we know that health conditions underlying conditions or even just current physical conditions can really impact you especially as what in the world we live in today um but it's more than just that and I think I want to start off with Winston Winston like why does longevity, like how did you become so obsessed with it? Why does it matter so much to you? Well, I think it's a few different things. Number one, I just turned 50. Um, but this is something I've actually been thinking about uh, for a long time um, is I like my life. So I, not just being alive, but I actually like what I do. Um, so I want to keep being able to do it. Uh, because there, there's the idea that youth is wasted on the young, um, right? When you're young, you know, in the peak of your for sort of physical performance, um, we're, we're idiots. Uh, and then when you get older and you've developed some wisdom and, and, you know, you sort of discover what's important in life, then a lot of people have run into the point where their body isn't working very well anymore yeah. or nearly as well as it could. But the reality comes in is 
we have discovered that uh, when I say we, you know, the whole scientific fitness community um, is that the downward slide isn't as steep as um, people might think it is. Mm. So, uh, you know, we, we've always heard the use it or lose it. Yeah. Um, it very much is that. It is. You know, and we'll get into sort of... Um, and you can get it back quickly too. I've seen that happen. You can get it back pretty quickly, but, you, you know, the older you are, the harder it is to get it back, mm-hmm. right? So if you never lost it to begin with, then, you know, your your quality of life, right? Because longevity, I think, comes into two things, right? How long you live and then how well you live, Right. And so there might be a thing where you're technically alive, but you can't do anything, right? You're immobile. Maybe you're experiencing cognitive decline. Mm. Um, So we we would, if any of us were in those shoes, we would sort of label um, uh, it a case of quantity over quality. (laughs) Um, So... My goal is to live as long as I can, as well as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if you look at somebody like William Shatner, who just went into the edge mm-hmm. of space at 90. 90, yeah. Right? He seems to have his wits about him. Um, so it, it's a thing where uh, arguably, you know, probably over the last 20, 30 years when you've seen him, He's probably a little bit heavier than he should be. Yeah. Um, but he's made it to 90, you know, I don't know, outside of the, the times we've seen him, um, what the quality of his life is. But uh, you can do stuff, right? Uh, and that's what my goal is, right? Like, if you look at us, right, we're, I guess you'd say we're solidly middle-aged. <laughs> I don't know about you, but people don't think I'm my age nobody nobody speak for yourself (laughs) Uh, well except for the gray in my beard you know um ben because i wear a mask all the time nowadays you know people don't see as much of that Mm. um but i've i've had co-workers you know who are in their 20s uh when they find out i just turned 50 they're like no way Mm um you know and i think part of it is maturity pardon i think that's maturity or lack of it (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah, like there, there's definitely that, um, you know, physical part of it mm-hmm. um, of being able to still do things uh, and recover from them and, you know, perform at a relatively high level. Uh, and then your cognitive processes like your memory and creativity and uh, problem solving ability and all of those types of things. I find are still working well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are, you know, kind of uh, markers I would use. Yeah. Um, but as I was saying, like we, from a chronological standpoint, <laughs> at least, regardless of what people think of us, um, you know, would be described as middle-aged to people to saw our ages. Yeah. Right? Um. But there's a lot of people we've run into our age. Who, and younger. Yeah. Who are like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. Right? 
And that's one of those things where... That'll age you. Yeah. Um, and the quality of life side of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, uh, obviously if, if you have no desire to do those things, then whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think having, um, you know, passions and goals and those types of things, mm-hmm. uh, really help. Um, and because this is something we've been both experiencing and researching, yeah. Um, we're going to talk about like a lot of the interesting processes mm-hmm. that can retard aging um, or at least the uh, effects of it. Mm-hmm. Well, we're definitely both go-getters for adventure and yeah. living life. We're both very passionate about life. Mm-hmm. And I think that in, its, in itself just fuels um, our motivation to... Uh, you know grow and you know intellectually emotionally but also physically Mm -hmm. right pushing boundaries whether it just be for what else can I do but to being able to do the things that you're talking about and and I and I think for me the reason why I've become so into it um, probably started because when I separated now I was going to live a life that I wanted and what I wanted to do was backpack and in the one episode I in the 60s I can't remember which one but it was about my transform my body transformation I lost like 60 pounds took five years but it's pretty significant and over and have managed essentially stage four osteoarthritis in my right knee and stage two my left stage four is the last stage before I get a knee replacement so I'm trying to hold that off and so you can imagine that okay so here's somebody they're 40 years old at the time uh, and wants to start backpacking and living the world and you, can't, and you can't walk down and the now, stairs. I can't even walk down the stairs and hold my weight. Very scary, right? And then when you find out what's going on with your knee, you're like, holy shit. It was very upsetting. All the issues from ACL tears to osteoarthritis. I already knew about my osteoarthritis stage four, or I was about to find out, um, torn meniscus. And there was just a bunch of stuff. Um, and the physiotherapist that read it to me was like, wow. So... You know, you're still walking. Holy well, shit. There, you know, it, it, <laughs> and it could have been like, wow, you could have taken that like my life is over. I can't do the things. But, you know, having that fuel, that inner passion to like, oh, I, I want to do this. What can I do? And when I sought the second opinion, because the orthopedic surgeon told me not to do the things that I thought logically could help, like strength train and and continue to backpack, but just work around that. Right. And they said, no. And I'm like, OK, whatever. I'm going to go to a athletic sports medicine center guy who specializes in osteoarthritis and get a second opinion of how we can work around this. And that's what I've done. And I'm glad I went down that road. So for me, longevity, that was part of it. The other part in truth is, um, family members, you know, um, very dear, close family members seeing their health decline. I'll be honest. It's my mom. Okay. She has been battered all her life in accidents car accidents none of them her fault she even got hit by a train like my dad was driving they were immigrants recent immigrants to Canada got hit by a train crossing the railroad it was a different system than what they were used to back in Portugal with the rail guards and you know at that time you know physiotherapy probably wasn't the same as it is today you know having all that knowledge to take care of your body and so she never got the proper recovery then, you know, years ago, she went through uh, breast cancer, breast cancer survivor, was very aggressive. 
And as a result of being in the hospital for a month in ICU for a week, um, lost a lot of mobility. She already had issues. She had knee replacements, et cetera. Okay. So there was a lot going on physically with her. And I've seen her decline and, you know, from lack of physiotherapy, proper recovery. And she's now 78. She's, you know, not in the greatest shape. She has always been a motivation for me to not, to to take care of myself. And (laughs) I, she's always warned me as a kid. It's funny that she lectured me about my injuries Mm -hmm. and to be careful. And now I'm starting to feel them in my knees, right? It's all these things that I learned what started off. It was an ankle a line drive baseball to my ankle, which caused bone debridement, bone spurs to grow and started like a domino effect in my whole right side of my body to my knees, started to get torn meniscal tears. Didn't you have a ski accident too? I did. I did. And that probably contributed to it for sure. But the time I was walking away, no problem, took a bit of healing. But then over time. Young, isn't it great? I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Right. But young and dumb. Two years later, um, and I was around the same weight I am now. I'm 170. Um, you know, didn't take much until a couple years, actually, a little, maybe three or four years later, there were issues with my knee. I had to get the meniscal tear cleaned, you know. And then two years after that, somehow I had a meniscal tear in my left leg, which they say is very common. If you have it one, you'll get it in the other because you start to overcompensate. So it just was endless mm-hmm. thing after thing after thing. And, you know, um, I would say as a result of not taking care of my body, I gained significant weight. I was as high as 238 pounds after having two kids. Um, You know, weak knees, strength training, things like that. Not doing any of that and carrying all this weight, it caused a lot of wear and tear on my body. So at the age of 40, young age of 40, I was experiencing all this and my insurance wouldn't even give me long-term disability at the time, probably still today, probably because of my weight. They said, no, you're done. I'm like, what do you mean? I won't even get this, you know? I can't even get approval. And that should have been my first indicator. Because yeah. <laughs> the, the insurance people aren't mean. They're just logical, right? It's business. Yeah, I wish They're- there were more tests like that. You know, like, nobody's ever that direct at that age, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you always know you should lose weight, but nobody was that in your face. And, you know, it's just what, what the result was. They weren't in my face telling me that. But No, it was they're like, just like, you're too big of a risk. Yeah. And so, but it was that moment of the accumulation of those things. The issue that, you know, I'm now recently separated. I want to live my life. I want to do these things. Now I can't because I have this issue or, or I'm struggling here is mm-hmm. what it was. I wasn't going to let the can't stop me. And then when I saw my mom, so I've become really determined, conscious, obsessed, especially having young kids to be around. Mm-hmm. But now that I've living the life that I, I am to do it. Right. And, you know, it's all been, so it hasn't been easy for me, but I've done it and I'm doing it and I'm, and I feel great. I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, maybe when I was a kid, I could run. I can't run today because I have trouble with that. Yeah, but you probably would outride um, your young self. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, for so for me, when I thought was really interesting was when you brought up once 
there's this test of longevity. There's three tests that you can do or indicators. Yeah, of mortality. Mortality. So one of them is um, grip strength. Yes. Okay. So grip strength is one. Um, number two is balance. Yeah, being able to just balance on one foot. And number three is how many points of contact does it take to get up off the floor? Yeah. So now let me just explain to you back to my mom how real this is. Mm -hmm. Okay. My mom has extreme osteo um, rheumatoid arthritis in her hands. So you're living on your own. Okay. You get to a stage. Usually in your 60s, you get arthritis. It becomes difficult. You don't take care of that. You know what that turns into? She really has use of her thumb and her finger. Can you cook? No. Um, are you worried about cooking and, and are you going to start meals? No, you're not. You're going to make things that are easy. So mm -hmm. your nutrition suffers. Are you afraid that you'll drop something and then slip on the floor because your balance sucks? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was the other thing, balance. And if she falls, can she get up? Yeah. And if she does fall, she's at the risk now of bruise, significant bruising. And one broken bones. And now bones right so it just it's a, such a negative spiral so yeah, like a snowball effect and so i see i that means that to me resonates so much and makes me think of my mom mm -hmm. and you don't use it lose it you see this when people retire right they don't know what to do with themselves and she worked in a kitchen as a diet as a cook in the nursing home she was very physical in her job she wasn't mm -hmm. an office job Loved to walk and then retired and was still doing things, but then had an accident. She slipped on ice. Do you know what I mean? It's all these little setbacks. Yep. Doesn't take much. Um, and even in my training, so I had the setback of my knee. What am I going to do? I could have listened to the, the surgeon and not done anything except for swimming, which I hate. Yeah. Right. I know what motivates me or, um, you know, it was just dealing. How do I manage through all this? And I did. But yeah. it's not always easy. But anyways, I thought those three indicators of mortality are really so true. Yeah, because in, it's such a simple thing, though, is that if we know those indicators, right? Like grip, uh, obviously, you say in the case of, you know, looking after yourself, if you can't, we're monkeys, right? So if you can't grab things, you know, and use your opposable thumbs to, to do things like manipulate tools, pots and pans, whatever it happens to be, then obviously your your quality of life goes down. Um, but you also run into the thing where there is almost nobody in the world who has a super strong grip who the rest of them is weak. Yeah. Right? So it ends up being a great analog for the overall body strength. Right? You don't get people with like massive grip strength and weak back. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because I think when I people first hear what I just said, they'd be like, oh, that's for the older people. I'll think about that when I'm retired. It's like, no, 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 no. You need to think about that now because as you mentioned, grip strength is a, an indicator of the rest of your body. Yeah. Right? But, and it wasn't until I started climbing, rock climbing, that I realized how much your grip obviously is really important to rock climbing, but it's such an under uh, utilized or muscle, I think, to most people. Because like, when do you use your grip? Yeah, because unless you're like do something physical, like you're a bricklayer or a mechanic. Massage therapist, maybe. Y yeah, <laughs> they destroy their, their hands. Um, 
you know, but but those types of uh, roles where you have to do physical things, um, most people in their work, uh, grip doesn't matter. Like if you are in any kind of intellectual, like you work in business, you know, like you're tapping on a keyboard, mm-hmm. um, then from a day to day use, your grip doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. But the fact is, is that even the dexterity of being able to type eventually goes out the window if you get weak enough. Winston, are there any other indicators of longevity? Um, cardiovascular fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, basically, like things like resting heart rate. If you have like a resting heart rate of 80 or 90, um, you probably got some problems. I forgot to mention at the beginning of this episode, this is going to be a series and that these are things that we'll get into. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so these are some other points. Um, so so there, what I like with those three like physical tests, mm-hmm. right? A, they're trainable. Um, B, they're simple, right? So, because the thing is, if it's like, you know, if we look at your uh, AST and your ALT markers um, to look at like non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, wait, what's that? Right, that's complicated to people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we're looking at like C-reactive protein in a blood test or, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, just these different, uh, you know, more complicated markers, mm-hmm. um, they're important, don't get me wrong. But I think for a lot of people, the simple thing of like, make your whole body strong so you naturally have a strong grip. Yeah. Um, have good balance. Mm-hmm. And work on the skill of getting up and down, with, right? With minimal points of contact. Yeah, but but doing it in a bunch of different ways, right? Yeah. Like something like, say, with kettlebells, we mm-hmm. do loaded getting up and down with Turkish get-ups. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's two points, right? But you're doing it with a load, mm-hmm. right? So if you can get off the floor... Uh, and for those of you who, who aren't familiar with what the exercise is... Go on YouTube, search Turkish get-up kettlebell, mm-hmm. right? You'll see lots of people doing Turkish get-ups. Pretty um, awkward at first, even yeah. with just a shoe. Yeah. But right? once you do it. Yeah. Um, but the fact is, is that, you know, if you can do a Turkish get-up with 50 pounds, mm-hmm. well, getting up with nothing else, just getting yourself off the floor is easy. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, uh, things like push-ups, Right? Um, and any type of movement that changes, like it, it's where, you know, and we, yeah. we, we talk about coach Dan John a lot in episodes, right? Cause yeah. he, he's such a, had such a big influence on the strength and conditioning community. Mm-hmm. Um, but something like his humane burpee, mm. right? It, you do 15 kettlebell swings, immediately then do five goblet squats, and immediately put the kettlebell down and do five push-ups. Well, you, you've got to go from standing to down and then get back up, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, and that, uh, and you repeat the the cycle four or five times, right? Like there's, but look up humane burpee. Like it's a, a great little workout. Um, Definitely safer than the uh, original burpee. burpee yeah. 
Bad for your back. You should be a real pro if you're going to be doing that. Yeah. There's like form technique. Um, but you'll run into the thing where things that have you go, going from standing to down on the floor to back up, right? Because like how many people work on the skill of getting off the floor? Yeah. That was something I had a lot of trouble with. Yeah. Like when you're now carrying, I can, yeah. And, and I remember, you know, that was an aha, that was a big milestone achievement for me was when I was able to get off the ground with no hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the thing is, is that it's like a ninja. when you started, it was kind of like floundering, <laughs> you know, like almost like, 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 uh, uh, my knees were stiff. Yeah. Yeah. But like, and, and this is like early on just getting off the floor. Like if we got down to do push ups or something. Yeah. You know, getting up looked awkward and stiff. Yeah. Um, and now you can go from your back and just roll up onto your feet. No, I can't do that. Well, you, you, oh, sorry. I have to put a foot on. The, you roll up onto your knee. Yes, I can do that. You can do it with no hands. Yes, yeah. that I can do. Yeah, yeah, like, but you can get up with no hands. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Because the thing is, with a lot of people, like they never actually get on the floor. Mm-hmm. Right. Your bed is up. Yeah. Right. Your couch is up. Your chair is up. Well. Another really neat one, and I should test myself because it's 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 been a while. When you talked about longevity's mobility, I also think of it as agility. Mm-hmm. And so, great examples. Think about when you were back at a kid at the playground, monkey bars swing. Well, see now that's brachiation. Okay, what that's is what that? that that's actually what the technical term for swinging from arm to arm is, mm. like hanging, like monkeys brachiate. Yeah. So as a kid, no problem. You just do it. Yeah. As an adult maybe 30 pounds ago when I was heavier, it was like, oh my God, I can't, my arms are going to come out of my sockets. Like this is like a very foreign move, but yeah. also it's, I just can't do it. Um, now that I'm lighter and stronger and I've really developed that shoulder girdle and, and the grip is stronger. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to test it again. Cause that's the fun part is I've never done a chin up in my life until last week. Yeah. Which was funny because I'm like, okay, Amanda, just film me here to see how, pro- let's see what my progress is. And I actually put it on Facebook as a story. And I never really celebrated it. I really should have because I've never done that before. <laughs> and, I, and she's like, good, good on you, mommy. And I'm like, and I was, and the look on my face looked like I was just happy, but I was like, I was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But if you think about like, yeah. like um, something like brachiation, which is the swinging uh, like from bar to bar on the monkey bars, mm-hmm. um, well, even if only for a short period of time, you're doing it with one hand, mm-hmm. right? So you're having to have a strong enough grip to hold your whole weight with one hand, Yeah. right? You you have to have like, even if you're not bending your arm at all, you have to have enough shoulder and elbow stability not to pull anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have the core control to swing your body to get the momentum, yeah. Right. So the a lot of the things kids do um if you want to maintain um good fitness, mm-hmm. you know, and and I say fitness not in the sense of, you know, what we'd think about at a, you know, being in shape, but like literally being fit to be a human. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um you know, and do human things. Um then a lot of those play can become part of your workouts. Oh, totally. 
Yeah, but, challenging yourself to try and redo the things that you did as a, a youth at one point. Riding a bike, if you haven't done that in years. Doing a cartwheel. Yeah. Doing a bridge, right? Um, can all be regained as you just get your body, body toward it. And again, I think it was Coach Dan John came up with the book uh, Original Strength. No. No, that was... Pavlov? No. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm exposing Catherine to so many like... Uh, Who was it? Uh, so, Jeff Newpert and... The German dude? No, I'm forgetting... Young guy? He is relatively young, but... Uh, and I own the book. Um, All right. We'll, we'll put the show notes in. Uh, so, I... Because I, I do apologize. I listen to the dude's podcast. Um, uh but yes, our original strength is all about doing movements that we did as babies to learn how to move. Yeah. Right? That even just starts with something as simple as you're on all fours mm-hmm. on the floor, nodding your head up and down, like doing head nods. And that's just to um, relax your neck and your... But also it, it actually triggers the nervous system. Mm. right it primes the nervous system then rocking back and forth on all fours right you see babies do it yeah right and then crawling yeah um and then rolling yeah right these are such basic things but if you look this was baby strength training it's how babies learned to move yeah. And eventually, you know, how they learn to get up and then they learn to walk. I'm glad that you referenced the nervous system because um, one thing that I learned early on in my strength training is that a lot of my muscles weren't activating. I'm like, what do you mean they're not activating? I'm doing the <laughs> exercise. And there's always that trick sometimes if your massage therapist is done or your physiotherapist where you're lying on your back and they tell you to raise your knee and they try and push it down while you resist that. And if they can just push it down, it, your your glutes aren't activating. Yeah. They do a few things to activate, to wake up your muscle and your nervous system. And then do it again. And, and you're like, bullshit, you really didn't push. <laughs> you know, you wish you almost had like some kind of device that measured the, yeah, the force. The force because you think it's, but you really, wow, you know. Yeah. And like it, it almost comes down to the bro science of bodybuilders, right? Creating that mind muscle connection. Yeah. But it, the way they discuss it, maybe the bodybuilders is not technically correct but they were on the right path which is everything Mm. we do um ties into the nervous system right like you cannot move without your nervous system firing so if your nervous system doesn't uh talk to a muscle effectively right it's not sending a strong enough signal to it Um, then that muscle doesn't fire. And then so what happens is to do a given movement, everything around it kind of takes over. Yeah. Um, so for a lot of people who sit a lot, their glutes don't fire well. Mm. If your glutes don't fire, then everything up and downstream takes over, the hamstrings and the lower back. And yes. that's why people end up with a lot of back pain. Or knee issues, women especially. Yep. Yeah. You know, I'm glad that you mentioned that. And I think, even for me, as an aside to research more of the nervous system would be worthwhile because the other side to that, as we were just talking the other day, is how, um, very interesting. So, you know, sometimes you might have like a shoulder impingement, really, really tight muscles, right? And often you find people saying, um, or it could even be plantar fasciitis or 
could be a bunch of things, or I've had a frozen shoulder. All of these things really had to do with tight muscles, okay? And I found from Smashworks is a YouTube channel. I forgot his name. Trevor. Trevor. You don't know his last name? Dr. Trevor. He's a PhD in physiotherapy. He's a man of mystery. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, It's uh, Trevor Brack. Brackire or yeah. Brackmire or something like that. I highly recommend people check him out. So Smash Works, all one word, W-E-R-X. And, you know, uh, for my shoulder impingement, I found out that there were muscles like in my chest or just, you know, under my armpit. armpit, down the side of my uh, ribs, and then um, where my traps were and how to, with a barbell, um, with either your shoulder, like uh, your your armpit over the barbell with a weight in your hand and then rotating the area, you know, that's sore and you didn't realize it was sore and you're almost tearing up because it hurts so much and sweating, which you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. Anything that hurts when you're doing the, basically a deep tissue massage, but you're rotating to active um, release, um, is you're pinning and you're working it and stretching it is really effective. Yeah. I have been able to solve issues within 24 hours. And seriously, she's like, where well, I had a frozen shoulder. I'm like, what the fuck? I can't put on my bra, right? And, um, but I, without that knowledge, I would have been like just a, vict- a victim to it. Yeah. I would have gone to the doctor. I probably would have had it for months. I know people or, who or struggle. Or somebody, you get a prescription for muscle relaxants or yeah. painkillers yeah. or... And people struggle with these things and carry it and they never really resolve it. And, and so honestly, that was like a saving grace. Yeah. And the funny and, part. And, w- and what you told me is, and what we learned from Alison Godet, who's been on our podcast as well a few times, is it's the nervous system. Yeah. We need to relax the nervous system. The nervous system isn't relaxing. And another thing I just learned recently is that when you sleep and you're dreaming in the dream state, I believe it's in that mm-hmm. state your body becomes paralyzed, but your body is like a rag doll. It completely relaxes. So anything that was tight is no longer tight. Yeah. Well, and this is the thing where, and this is where the, uh, uh, one of the ideas we have of like tight muscles um, is a misnomer, right? It, obviously it feels tight to you in the moment, mm. right? And, and if you try to stretch, you can't stretch as far, but, what it is, it's the nervous system feeling like something in that area uh, is potentially going to get injured. Um, so everything tightens up to protect you. If we were to like... Is this where Chinese medicine comes in? All of a sudden I'm thinking now your cheese and no. relaxing the cheese. and <laughs> No, but... It, <laughs> I can it, see now how it could relate. Yeah, but, but how, how they, they get into that idea. But but it no. really comes into that simple thing that, that if we sort of zapped you, Oops. right? Like hit you with a taser, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, like say somebody who can't touch their toes. Yeah. Right? Um, and we basically zapped you so you're like unconscious, put you to sleep under anesthetic, you know, any of those types of things where now you're not actively stretching. Yeah. We could take your knee and put it to your forehead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because, so so, so it's not the muscle that was tight. It's that your nervous system was sensing something around and it sort of tightened up to protect you. 
And that's why I say something like stretching. It's not that you, you know, in 30 seconds of stretching, you lengthen the muscle. It's that you basically convince the nervous system that it, it, it's okay, man. It's okay. (laughs) And it went, okay, cool. I'll let it go a little further. Because another technique that folks can look into is where, um, if I'm trying to help you relax your hips, Mm -hmm. you'll lie down, you bring your hip, your one leg up and I'll take it and I'll stretch it further, you know, stretch into it towards you. Yeah. But then I'll have you resist. Yeah. PNF stretching. What's that called? PNF stretching. If you hear little... Clickety clickities. We have a dog. Harley. He was just snoring earlier. I wasn't sure if that was picking up. He's yeah. sitting beside me. But what's hilarious is that this is a 16-year-old dog. Oh, great So that's, that's the equivalent uh, people years of like 100. And one of the things that I, I'm convinced... Because other than obviously taking a little nap just now, mm-hmm. this dog does not stop moving. No. No. And yeah. actually was quite happy on the hour long walk and could have kept going yeah. today. Just likes to sniff. Yeah. Just, Very inquisitive. It, doesn't, it isn't super fast, but just keeps moving. And I think that's the big key thing that we're talking about yeah. is not to underestimate the power of movement of a baby and all those things that you used to do. But when you don't do it anymore, it affects your nervous system. It affects your neural pathways and your how you move. Mm-hmm. And and when we exercise, actually, one of my favorite things to do are things like rear stepping lunges, right? Things that you move into something and mm-hmm. exercise because it's not just a static one part of your body. You're, it's it's your how it all coordinates together. Yeah, like like certain exercises like that like turkish get-ups because you're moving mm-hmm. through space yeah um controlled yeah. rear stepping lunges um weighted carries right because you're 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 basically going for a walk with weights yeah um so now you're you're against load um and that's sort of a perfect little segue to talk about exercise right we've been sort of beating around it you know like we have yeah, yeah circling around it a little bit but a couple of simple things you run into, and, and I'm, we're just going to arbitrarily, because a lot of the study has been done post age 35, mm-hmm. right? Which f- most people would consider relatively young still, mm-hmm. right? Um, but what we run into is if you do nothing about it, after 35, muscle decreases, mm. right? And this is one of the things that is interesting is that... As you age, right, and um, you will see a decrease in muscle mass, a decrease in bone mass, Hmm. but a lot of times not a decrease in overall body weight, right? So you can have people that have Hmm. maintained a, what would be a healthy body weight, but their body composition has negatively um, been affected because muscle has gotten smaller, the bone has gotten less dense and the weight has been maintained by adipose tissue or fat. Mm-hmm. So while the scale hasn't changed, yeah. they've actually now, when they do like, um, you know, MRI scans, what you end up with is this small amount of muscle surrounded by a big amount of fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that isn't uh, sort of to your benefit, no. right? Because one of the things you'll run into is um, all of those 
health markers or, or tests for longevity we were talking about or mortality, um, grip strength, balance, and getting off the floor, uh, they require muscle. Muscle is the only thing that moves us, mm-hmm. short of falling out of a window and gravity giving us a hand. Um, <laughs> it, it's our muscles that move us, right? And essentially, there's uh, two different components of strength, right? Um, we'll call it neurological efficiency. So what percentage of muscle fibers your, your nervous system can get to fire and then how much muscle fibers you have. Yeah. Um, so w- both of which can be trained, um, but you'll run into the thing where you reach a point, you, the, the, uh, with elderly people, we, we use the term frail, um, and really what we're, what we're saying is weak. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so it comes into one of those things where uh, there is always going to be a downward slide as we age. There's no way around it, right? Your maximum potential at 25. No, but you can manage that. Yeah. Like, were, uh, uh, go on. Right. Your maximum potential at 25 is higher than your maximum potential at 75. Potential, yes. Right? But... You run into the thing, and this is sort of what what you've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, I and this is where I actually feel bad for like people who were elite level athletes when they were young, <laughs> because literally it is downhill. Because is you were at the pinnacle of human performance. Yeah. Right. Where you we're didn't not. you yeah. didn't do that when you were young. Yeah. So now in your forties, you're getting in the best shape of your life. Yeah. Right. So you can, you know, in your 40s, you're like, man, life's awesome. Whereas somebody who, you know, went to the Olympics yeah. must be like in their, you know, when, they, when they've sort of had that downward slide, which is going to happen to all of us potential yeah. wise, because they were like at their potential. Um, it's just like, well, I'm never going to be what I was. <laughs> well, and, and just to your point about, you know, the importance of, you know, muscle, right? And... And I think about how people are talking about how they had, you know, issues in their ankle or, or other parts of their body and they just kind of accept it. But that's where you're like, oh, no. And, and, and so there is a way to track and monitor and measure all that. And I actually did it two years ago, again, with Allison, Allison Goddard. This is why we had her on. She's very knowledgeable. She's a physiotherapist. And it was basically a body assessment for strength, mobility and flexibility and balance. And balance, yeah, all of it. it. Took an hour. She took up. You looked at your body, tested all four quadrants of it. Hey, Harley. Harley's just you know trying to make his mark. Um, and helped me identify some things about specifically on my body I didn't know. And then it was benchmarked, mm-hmm. right? So I proceeded to do what I was doing, and we knew some of the target areas for me were my glutes. Um, I had a lot of problems with one balance and one legged and moving into like mobility, right? Mm -hmm. Strength into positions. I had a hard time raising my knees one legged up, especially in climbing. And I had lots of inflammation, by the way, huge, huge. Oh my gosh. And, um, anyways, two years later I redid the test and it was just amazing. And I even surprised, she had me do this really hard push up with my hands very close to my temple and push up. I'm like, I can't do this. And I did it, right? And she just she measured how my body moved as a unit. Mm-hmm. 
and not just like one part of your hands and then your head and your neck. And yeah, then you're not, you, <laughs> didn't, you didn't do the inchworm. No, I didn't do that. It was just all one unit, right? So it's, it's really a great way to benchmark and identify, um, you know, your problem areas that you probably didn't even know about. Mm -hmm. And then you get the expertise to go, okay, what do I do next? Yeah. Um, and, and this is the thing. And we, some of the things we talk about might sound repetitive, but I find when you talk about the same themes over and over again, eventually it clicks with people. <laughs> um, because think about all of the things it took me years of telling you, and then you finally one day went, "Hey, I have this idea," and it's like that's what I've been telling you for years. Yeah, and then well, it's like, you know, I had to uh, understand it my way. Yeah, so I'm just treating our audience uh, <laughs> like I treat Catherine. <laughs> so I just keep repeating myself over and over again. Well, but you got to be ready for it sometimes, yeah. right? You know, but but it comes down to those fundamental: get stronger at pushing, pulling. Hip hinging, which is like deadlifting, you know, you got to look up what a hinge is, a hip hinge. Yes. Squatting, lunging, carrying. Yeah. You know, so if you've improved all of those, because um, we're not talking about being bodybuilders, like if you want to do that, hey, send me a message. I can talk about how to train for that for hours too. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about sort of optimizing quality. Um. You know, if you get better at like push-ups, overhead presses, you know, and when I say push-ups, it can be ring push-ups, it can be floor push-ups, it can be, you know, there's a bunch of variations. You can do bands over your back to make them harder. You can wear a weighted vest. Like, you know, I'm just a big fan of push-ups for shoulder health as well. Like, yeah. I like push-ups better than bench press. Hey, um, hey. uh, Go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, but but just those f foundational movement patterns, you do all five of them and you've worked everything in your body, right? Yes. So it doesn't have to be super complicated. Um, three times a week, five exercises, like pick a push, pick a pull, mm -hmm. pick a squat, pick a, a you know, a hip hinge um, and pick some form of carry. Repeat it three times a week, get stronger at them, you know, gradually add a little more volume, which is just more sets or reps mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, and you will find over time, because consistency is your most important thing when it comes to exercise. Yeah. In a year from now, you'll you'll have some more muscle than you have now. Yeah, I'm doing a program again by Coach Dan John. I'm reviewing it. It's been tried and tested. Very successful at building strength. And very much, uh, what the fuck? I can't believe I built all the strength. It's called the Easy Strength Program. I do it five days a week. My workouts are no more than 10 minutes. Let me repeat that. No more than 10 fucking minutes. Well, that's not true. No? Well, it doesn't include my warm-up. No, and it also doesn't include the 45-minute walk with weights you do okay, afterwards. Okay, I'm talking about the Easy Strength Program on its own, but, but, not the fat loss piece. That but there, Okay, okay. Like just that on its own. Yeah. If you're only focused on strength, this workout takes about, okay, I lie, 12 minutes sometimes. Yeah. Okay. It's about quality. You do no more than... Um, you know, but see, this is the, the big thing though, is that I would never probably put a newbie on this program. Why? Because they don't know how to do the movements yet. That's fair. But the point is yeah. you can work towards this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to earn it. Yeah, you have to earn short workouts. Okay, so I, you know, I talk about all these things, but I want people to know that... And I know you're going to like say to me, don't say that, but it's true. I don't like to work out. 
I, I do it because I do get some satisfaction out of it. But hey, let me finish. It takes a lot for me to come to the table and work out, okay? But where I'm at today with this Easy Strength program, and we're going to get it out there, and we'll do some, you know, downloads and stuff like that that you can subscribe to. But anyways, um, it's easy. And um, I should, in eight weeks, see major results. And I've added a fat loss component to it where the remainder of my hour, if it takes me 12 minutes to do the first part, the remainder 48 minutes, I go do a walk. It's weighted you know, chill. So anyways, um, it doesn't have to be all that complicated at all. No. And going back to Winston's earlier points, hip hinge, push, pull, hip hinge, squat, loaded carry. Yep. That's it. That's it. It's pretty basic. Anything that you hear in the gym, um, often is bullshit. Um, any idea of going on to machines doesn't help you out because you can get so strong. And then when it comes time to like moving to progress into something stronger, you get to, uh, free weights and you don't even know what you're doing yeah so um covid's been wonderful for us we've brought our homework we've got our gym to our home we've had because of space we've had to use resistance bands rings or trx um we use an ab roller and some kettlebells because they're just compact and it's worked out the best for us so and, and you were saying earlier, like you're finding your philosophies actually lining up with what the experts are saying. They're all saying the same thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because like I listened to uh, Mark Bell's podcast and this is a former like elite level power lifter. Um, he calls himself the, like the meathead millionaire because he came up with like the slingshot and a, a few different like training things that actually took off like for powerlifting. And so it's a thing where, where he's been a very successful businessman, you know, um, but he's really got a passion for educating about health and fitness. Mm -hmm. And he went from like being a 330 pound fat powerlifter to a hundred pounds lighter, you know, walking every day. He's still like, he's 230 pounds. He, you know, he's very jacked. Um, but it has more of a, a, a focus on health and longevity now than the squatting a thousand pounds. Joe DeFranco, who, you know, is a trainer who's trained like NFL athletes and, you know, um, WWE wrestlers and his whole mindset has changed from just being a meathead. How much can you bench <laughs> mm -hmm. to... Uh, you know, basically being lighter, healthier. Um, Christian Thibodeau, who again is a high level coach, who's also been, you know, you see him and he looks like a roided out bodybuilder freak. His whole focus is, you know, still want to be strong and be pretty jacked, but it's being, you know, more mobility, you know, better fitness, better conditioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so it it's so, a thing you run into with like so many of the biggest uh, established fitness influencers, you know, if you will, or, or thought leaders. Um, obviously, Dan Johns, you know, he's in his 60s now. Mm -hmm. um, and so his focus is about still competing he still competes in olympic weightlifting mm -hmm. um but uh he's dropped a bunch of weight 
Um, so what I'm hearing is that people are, are going less, much less. They're not emphasizing the maximal uh, strength. It's yeah. more about um, more volume, more conditioning, lean. Yeah. You know, it's more what's um, across the board. Yeah. Being, Bringing more cardio, more conditioning. Being generally fit. Mm-hmm. Like being going from being a specialist and being big and strong. Yeah. Right. Because Dan John competed as like a discus thrower and a Highland Games athlete for years. Um, you know, and, you know, he's a big guy. So went from like, you know, 250, 260 down to like under 200 pounds. Yeah. Um, so many of these guys who, you know, if you, you ever saw them kind of in their, their meathead prime, mm-hmm. look like freak superhero type bodies. Yeah. Um, now it's a thing where they're still in great shape, but now their conditioning is more important. It's more about relative strength, which is rather than how much can you squat once, it's how much can you do for a bunch of reps for your body weight. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because when you carry, you could be super strong, but if you have all this weight, you can't move. Maybe, you know, it, it miss it, you miss out all those other components that we were talking about earlier. Yes. If you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. Right. So, and is that life? Like, are you lifting, you know, big boulders every day? No, you're not. Yeah. So that's not even practical. And that's one thing I really liked about our strength training and especially the upper body, because a lot of women are uh, very weak that way, is that just little things from picking up my kids when they were younger and, mm-hmm. you know, I could easily do and put them over my head yeah. or to picking up a big box or bringing in groceries and bringing in my grip strength. It was amazing. I could bring in tons. You can bring all the groceries in one trip. That's the farmer's carry. So, you know, pretty efficient (laughs) and functional, but, but that's reality. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and it, and and it's taken, you know, with any of these like high level athletes, um, who are like specialized in like strength sports where it benefits just being big and strong. Um, now they've become generalists. Yeah. Um, right. Where it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to squat a thousand pounds or bench press 500 pounds. Um, you know, which in powerlifting was sort of the goal, um, like for one rep, but now it's like, I can go for a, a run. I can, uh, ride my bike. I could do a bunch of push ups. Uh, I can do some conditioning yeah. circuits. I can do a ton of work, um, you know, and it, it it becomes a thing where you're you went from being a specialist in one thing, yeah, to being you're not going to be the best at anything, but you can do anything. But it's very practical. You don't mm-hmm. leave anything out. You don't leave room for injuries or weaknesses to set in or your nervous system to not kick in. And overall, it just goes back to support your original or the premise of this conversation. about yeah. longevity. Yeah. And quality. Yeah. And I think, um, so to that theory of going, reducing, you know, focusing on maximum strength and, you know, becoming leaner, that's a nice segue into weight loss. Yes. So and, why don't we talk? Well, and here's just... Uh, so we think that's another big key point to longevity. Is yes, loss. and and it's not we think the science is irrefutable on this one. Yeah, right. So I I will right now I apologize if we trigger any healthy at any weight people. Um, uh, but the reality is, uh, 
that um, being leaner and lighter, uh, all things being equal, you will live longer. And um, and this goes like if you were a big like if you were overweight, but you're just a lean bodybuilder. Um, the same applies. Like obviously, uh, a bodybuilder obviously exercises already. Um, you know, so has that. Nobody gets big muscles and lean without exercising regularly. Um, but the reality comes in that, uh, let's say, you know, I'm just going to use myself as an example. If you're five foot eight, um, and 250 pounds, whether that's, you know, um, you're over fat or over muscled, your body has, like, not your body, but your heart, your cardiovascular system has to work so much harder than if that same chassis, that same body weighed 160 pounds. For sure. Right? Like, this is just math, people. Um, when you weigh a lot more, it's not like your heart gets that much uh, bigger and stronger and your whole cardiovascular system gets that it's much better. It's interesting because you, you always hear from a bone density that being overweight, the one good thing about being overweight for bone density is that you actually... Because you're, you're getting resistance on your you're bones. You're getting resistance, so that's well, the one thing. But it, in, in the case of my knees, I will say, the number one thing they said I could do is lose weight and get stronger. Yeah. And I tell you, that's made a world of difference. Yes, yeah. because, and here's the thing, it's like, above a certain point, yeah. um, you know, and, the, and what this point is, depending on your bone structure and how tall you are, I can't give you a number, right? Because mm. it's going to be very individual. Yeah. But let's listen, if you can grab a handful on your belly, right? And th- this is the thing, we're both Catherine and I are both, you know, as part of this really focused on getting leaner. Um uh being leaner and lighter. Um so not being overly fat or overly muscled, right? And and this is where kind of roughly falls in line with the BMI charts. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be some variation um, as far as, you know, bone structure goes. Somebody who's like got a big bone structure and a little bit more muscle will be maybe in the bottom end of the overweight range for that height and be very healthy. Um, but the fact is, you don't get a lot of 280 pound people living to 80 years old. Mm-hmm. This is just reality. Yeah. Right. Just as the same as you don't get a lot of seven foot people living to 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just one of those things that where. That was interesting. I didn't know about that. How <laughs> taller people who are, you know, very, very people who are gigantic. Um, they don't live as long. Yeah. Right. And th- part of what it is, is just they're bigger. Right, that heart isn't that much bigger to deal with that much more mass. Right, and if you think about you know where your heart would sit, somebody who is massively tall, it's like a giraffe, right? Um, you've got to pump that blood mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Um, and that's where you know movement. You know, we talk about exercise, and we we talked about some strength training and and what have you, we didn't even talk about cardiovascular exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then there's just general, what we call middle movement. Just moving, mm. fidgeting, going, you know, just scurrying around. Here's a good example of this to illustrate that. So I work out. I use kettlebells. I did the 10,000 kettlebell swing challenge. I ride a bike. You think that I can go walk 10,000 steps and not feel it? You think. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's load-bearing. Yeah. Um, not even with weight. Just, you know, yeah, because just- I don't do it because of working from home. I yeah. was doing 2,000 steps. Well, let me tell you, that got me in a tiffy to say, I think I need to go friggin' like who knew that walking and, and everybody knows the same story of, oh, I just painted today. I'm so sore. These are muscles I don't use. Yeah. It's that same case in point. So, but simple, simple is something as simple as walking, which is really important. Um, I aim for, is 10,000 steps a day a good target? It's as good a target as any. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's nothing magical. That was just sort of. A thing well, that we got- knew that 2000 was too low. Yes. Right. So I'm trying to figure it right. So, um, and that's made a difference. I've noticed, you know, obviously your body starts to condition for it. Because that's what your your body does. It starts to adapt. Yes. With whatever you do. And that's why you need to progressively increase and do more if you want it to do more. Yeah. Right. But, um, and that's just the reality. And if you do less, it'll adapt to that as well. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting going back to fitness and heart health what I didn't know until you told me was that walking helps create a uh, bigger heart or stronger heart. Well, basically, and cardio does cardio does one, walking does the other. So what? Does no, no. What? Strength training does one. Ah. Uh, Cardiovascular f- exercise does the other. So cardio makes it bigger. Um, and basically, um, strength training or high intensity training tends to make it thicker. Including anaerobic training. Yes. That's what I meant by cardio. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so because cardio is anything that increases your heart rate, right? So, yeah. and there's different heart rate zones. But, so that's where by having both moderate aerobic exercise yeah. and more high intensity, you know, huffing and puffing exercise um, that's intermittent, right? Like interval training or mm-hmm. doing sets of kettlebell swings with 30 seconds rest between them or whatever it is you'll sort of get like a nice optimal mix of conditioning for your heart. So it's gonna, you're gonna get a certain amount of um, volume increase. So each stroke of your, each contraction of your heart will pump out more blood. Um, But you'll also make the heart more, like more powerful, like the muscles are, because the heart's a muscle, right? And it's like, just like you can build your bicep, you can build your heart over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having that balance of good cardiovascular conditioning, right? Um, you know, then it's one of those things where A, your your heart and the rest of your cardiovascular system are um, not going to get overly stressed when you do something like shovel the snow in the winter, right? I have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah because... It's like, you're just like, ah, whatever. Because you're conditioned for it. Oh, yeah. It's people doing like high level activity that they're not conditioned to. Not used to. That leads to things like heart attacks, you know, in addition to a bunch of other cardiovascular, you know, risks. Um, uh, You know, so by having kind of like a generalist fitness program where... You do, you know, you're you're doing a bit of everything, mm-hmm. not always at the same time and different amounts and blah blah blah, but that 
there really isn't areas you're weak in. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to want to go win a championship in anything, but you're just well conditioned. Which is why I'm so excited because anything I do, like when we transition to mountain biking from our winter indoor training, mm-hmm. which I had to cut out climbing because of my hand, but I was doing a kettlebell, right? So yep. cardio, strength training, every minute on the minute, you know, to mountain biking, it was like, yeah, this is good. That was an amazing feeling to have that, um, just, yeah, that agility, that I keep talking about, mm-hmm. right? Um, to go and do a pull up for the first time, I've never done one. Like, just do it. Yeah, it's such, it's so cool to go rock climbing and have all this weight on you, and it might, you might be hiking. I feel very confident if I was in the desert having to hike five kilometers, and I'd be fine. Yeah, you know, like we went hiking for two hours in uh, Montreal, like in the in Quebec. Um, you know, in the past that would have been more for me, but we were able to like hike for two hours, you know, on rugged, super rugged train over a thousand feet was a thousand feet, which in the past would have like, I would have felt that and I would have been done. And then we go, and then when after that we went mountain biking. Yeah. We went and had lunch and then we went mountain biking (laughs) for a couple hours, you know? So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I feel really good. Here's the way I want people to envision the exercise part of it. We know you're going to gradually get weaker as you get older. So if, let's say you're 40 right now and you're capable, and I'm just using an arbitrary number, right? When you're, when you're weak enough that you can only do 20 pounds in something, um, you're so weak that now you need nursing home care. Well, if when you're 40, um, you're capable of 50 pounds in that thing, then you have a 30-pound buffer before you need nursing home care. But if you're capable of 100 pounds in that thing, right? We're just using sort of like an arbitrary number here. Um, We're not even using a specific exercise. But now you run into the thing, you've got a 70-pound buffer. Mm -hmm. So it's gradually going to go down for both people. But one person is going to hit that 20-pound mark because they've only got a 30-pound buffer. They're going to be in the nursing home, you know, needing help. The other person, you know, when they've lost 30, uh, so they go from 100 down to 70, well, they still got 50 to lose before they need to go to the nursing home, Mm -hmm. right? So... If you are already at a, like if you're at a very high level of relative strength, like in your ability to move your body, you know, um, you've got good balance, um, uh, you know, then as you gradually get weaker as you get older, Mm -hmm. well, then you're like that kick-ass 75-year-old who's fitter than some 40-year-olds. Yeah. Right? Whereas if you're the 40-year-old who does nothing right now, um, you run into the thing. When you're 70, you look like you're a 1,000. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And you, and you feel like it, right? So it, what we run into is, and part of the reason we talk about the weight thing, um, is that imagine... Uh, I feel like we don't even have time to get into the weight and the fasting. Yeah, we'll, we'll do. I think we'll just focus on this today because there's so yeah, much more we can even you talk know, about. But, it, but if you think about like if you're 
relatively overweight or even obese right now, mm-hmm. right? You're 40 years old and you're obese. Mm-hmm. Well, moving's hard, right? Because think about like you've lost 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. That is two full backpacks. Oh, it's huge. Right? So when you think about like the first backpacking trips we went on, yeah. right? That you had... I essentially had how much on me more than now. So I was 60 pounds heavier. And then you'd have a 35-pound backpack on. Holy shit. No wonder right? I felt the way I did. So effectively, uh, like, yeah. you know, now when you go, it's like you don't even have a backpack on. Like you are minus a full backpack. Mm-hmm. You know, like... So, uh, then it, 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 when you're going uphill, you're coming downhill, there's less impact, mm-hmm. all of these things, like, and that's just the weight, not counting the fact that all of the training you've done to get, you know, um, you're also stronger. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 we, we talked about sort of the negative spiral you can get in. Yeah. You're actually dealing with a positive spiral. Yeah, and that's really exciting for for newbies when it comes to strength training and fitness is that there's always newbie gains. Yeah. Massive gains. Yeah, but even the fact that like you're nowhere near a newbie anymore. Oh, I'm, but I'm, yeah, yeah. So now it's just like revisiting the things that I never thought I could do. And I'm like, oh my God. And it's just, the, it's it's feeling these things for the first time. Yeah. This is the first year I wear shorts now. Mm-hmm. I wear sports bras and I don't think any, like I, I refuse to go in the summer without like when I walk, I walk in shorts and sports because I'm so hot. Mm-hmm. I'm hot all the time. Maybe figuratively too. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm just temperature hot. And um yeah, it's just it's a whole it's a whole new world. It's it's fun, it's exciting, it's cool to see what else you can do. And and I think it's important, like again, as I said before, I'm not one to just focus on the training. I want to focus on what I'm training for. Yep. And that's really important. So whatever it is that you love to do, it could be soccer, it could be tennis, getting back into that, or who knows what it is. But in anything that you can do, if you if you just focus on that activity, and what can, what exercise can you do to improve that? If you tie those two things together, at least you'll feel like what you're doing is going to do more of what you want to do, yeah. which is exciting. And then you know, as you gain ability, you might try other things because that's the beauty of different exercises. Even rock climbing is amazing. Like, and when we rock climb and when we do these activities, they're actually not even exercise for us. It's just fun. Yeah, that we're playing. But the funny thing about mountain biking, when we go for two, three hours, you burn a ton of calories. That's 1,500, up to 1,500 calories. Or more, yeah. So it's excellent training. But that's not even the exercise part. That's just the fun part. Yeah. Like the it, it, when you can find things that are fun that happen to be fabulous exercise, right? Then it's like your like when we have a day off, that's what we go do, right? It's like, hey, do you want to go climb? Do you want to go mountain bike? Do you want to you know whatever it is? So when you've we've built our lifestyle around and. I, I don't know what to say to people who don't like do like they don't have any physical outlets that that they're passionate about. Um, now the reality is, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably outdoorsy in some way. Yeah, you might love you know hiking or paddling. And you or, appreciate when you're carrying all your shits. It would be easier if you were in better shape, and you wouldn't uh, your knees wouldn't hurt, your back uh, wouldn't, and hurt. you're lighter. Yeah, yeah, or your you know? shoulders, you know, from paddling. And you can make that all go away. Yeah, and have a better experience. Um, 
So we didn't even touch upon when it comes to longevity, how exercise helps your stress, right? Clearing the mind. Yeah, because that's that's a whole. So so a number of topics that we've got coming up. We didn't even start talking about fasting. We didn't talk about. You've had a lot of really cool research, and you're actually doing it right now. Yep. Um, yeah. We didn't talk about saunas. We didn't talk about breath work. We no. didn't talk about sleep. No. We I'm didn't talk about that. diet. Oh my god, and inflammation um, that's tied to that. You yeah. know. We didn't talk about supplementation. We didn't talk about, you know, like there, there are so many things. That, it's really cool. So, so you have lots to look forward to in the next episodes, um, you know, and it comes in. If anybody's got questions, uh, they want clarification of anything, go on the website, livewildradio.com, um, hit the comment or contact us. We're happy to answer any questions or whether it's answering it in an email or, you know, addressing it on the show. Uh, Because this stuff, if you start dealing with it now, then, you know, when you're retired, not to say you can't make a difference because there's all sorts of studies with elderly people, they get them strength training and all of a sudden they're, they're ditch their walkers. Um, so it's not like, you know, you're 70 and, oh, you might as well give up. But the sooner you start, uh, the easier and longer it will go. And the more fun you'll have along the way. Yeah. So, uh, until next time, uh, we're going to modify this ever so slightly. Um, Work hard, live long. Play dirty. Right. <laughs> <laughs>